Hi, this is Samantha Newark, probably best known as the voice of Jem and Jerrica from Jem and the Holograms, and you are listening to Hellions Talks. Almost live from a library near you, this is Hellions Talks, starring the masked library, Kevin Hellion. He is the lauder of the long box, the hero of the hall, and he's on a mission to bag and board them all. Now the Retro Network proudly presents a talk show of comic proportions. Hello everyone, Kevin here. Well, Kevin Hellion's here today, I gotta throw that out there. And welcome to the very first Hellion Talks Bracket Breakdown. See if I can throw some music in there for editing. It's time. It's time that it's the third one in a row. The at odds with wrestling gender neutral championship. Sorry, gender neutral monarch tournament. You would think that such a easy roll off the tongue name like that, I wouldn't have messed up. Someone, someone put this together. A genius, maybe. And that's what we're here to discuss because the brackets are out. The voting has begun. And we're going to discuss who should win the 2021 edition of this. With me right now, friend of the show, friend of the soon-to-be-named network, and maybe after the end of this, not a friend of one Adam Van, today's guest is Kevin Ford. Well, you know, I'm I'm certainly his favorite indie wrestling commentator. This is well established, so we'll see if I can ruin that through no work of my commentary or anything else, but simply this... <laughs> This uh, this bracket that is all to do with him, nothing to do with Joe Sposto, made that very clear. So uh, I appreciate the invite to be on your show. Yeah, I, of course it's an all Adam one. Joe does not deal with hogwash and shenanigans, and that has this all over it. Now you, we talked off air, and you said I don't really have anything to hype, but you threw it out there, mentioned how Adam says you were his favorite indie wrestling commentator. I brought you on the show for a reason because of your knowledge for listeners that are hearing your voice for the first time today, possibly let them know your credentials and why you are the perfect guest to run down this bracket with me today. Ooh, that's a great question. So I would, I would say, I guess the two things I would be best known for online are first as like an independent wrestling coverage person. Uh, I co-founded pro wrestling ponderings in 2009 which is a website that uh, does a lot of independent professional wrestling coverage, whether it be results, podcasts, news, interviews, things of that nature. Independent wrestling is something I, I, I felt and feel very passionate about. And I'm one of those guys when I really am into something, I, re- I want to spread it to everybody I know. And that's what the whole purpose of the website was. And uh, I made a lot of friends through that, so much so that in 2015, I got the chance to become a commentator for Nova Pro Wrestling, which was the local outfit for myself in, in uh, Northern Virginia for about three years. Then I moved on to do some commentary for Flying V Fights, and I've done a couple shows for IWTV's own shows, and I got to do commentary with Joe Sposto on one of those. So those are probably my two biggest claims to fame in wrestling, including all of my Chikara coverage that I have done. So it's been a blast for me listening to all of the show homeworks for Joe Sposto here and there for maybe Adam as well. But uh, because of my deep Jakar knowledge and spending a decade or so reviewing and demystifying the company, that's something else that people kind of know me as the Jakar guy online. 
And and you mentioned the homework um, for listeners that follow my own site, not through the Retro Network, but on my own at masslibrary.com. I usually do the homework most every week. The only times I've missed is if something else is just going on in my life, you know, family commitments, whatever, and I can't. But uh, you messaged me last week when the assignment was given for uh, what will be dropping later today over um, at Odds with Wrestling. But you said stick around to the end. Little, I little did. teaser there for the homework. I've not had a chance to do it yet. Uh, very frequently it ends up being part of my Wednesdays where I will work and then I will go to the comic store and then I will end the evening with some indie wrestling. That's a hell of a day. Uh, and I, <laughs> I will say that aside from uh, from the Chikara watching, it appears both you and Adam are fans of um, – Mixed martial Archie and uh, and then uh, un- totally unrelated different person, uh, the mysterious and handsome stranger. We may talk about them a little later, uh, but that's not the reason why I had there, there's something else you and Adam, I think, have in common. That I think you'll both enjoy the, the post credit scene. You'll see what I mean when you get to it. OK, I, well, I mean, you, you had me frayed for a minute because, uh, well, Adam, I don't have Adam's phone number. You know, we don't Facebook message or anything, but we do slide into each other's Twitter DMs. And when you said that, uh you know, something else we have in common. I was a little worried. I thought we were about to be canceled or something. No, 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 no. Certainly no cancellations <laughs> here. Just uh, uh, I, I would say well-earned reputations. Adam has his specials and, and I have mine. And sometimes we agree and sometimes we don't. No shame. No shame at all. <laughs> just, uh, just wanted to bring awareness because uh, Joe, I don't want to say failed, but maybe just uh, didn't bring it to the attention of the public that there was the. Uh, the post credit scene. A lot of that stuff is harder to keep track of, but uh, this this is my area of expertise. So I wanted to bring it, bring that knowledge to the the co-host of the show and the person who uh, takes a lot of bullets and does the homeworks every single week. True, and I the one and only Chikara show I went to live, the Syracuse one, uh, I believe is called Just Give Them the, the Axe. Yes. Um, the home video release, which is now on IWTV, had a very quick post-credit thing that I didn't know was there. And because I was at that show, I've watched it a couple times just to, you know, remember and see myself being a mark and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's probably third viewing in that I realized there was a thing at the end of it. What was the uh, the the post-credit scene? It was uh, Archie, um, not quite mixed martial Archie yet, but in the uh, band leader gimmick still. Um, just walking dejected. Okay, so it's one of the, like the where in the world is Archibald Peck videos. Yes, kind of yes. As, a, as a stinger at the end. Okay, and actually, I, I hate to correct you, but that was a smack in the middle was the Syracuse event. You you are right. Yeah, you're right. Yes. See, I I get it messed up. I mean, side note here, um, and it doesn't really matter overall. I get it messed up because local talent who was in two CW, Jason Axe was on that show in the Young Lions yes. Cup match, and then <laughs> it always sense. messes me up. Well, and and I mean, you can even talk to like when Sposto is talking about this, he's like, look, I'll remember towns. I'll remember rough dates, things like that. But if you throw a show name, it's it's tough to remember unless you're an insane person like myself. Yeah. And, and I mean, even the stuff that he does know, I'm thinking, how do you even remember all this? Right. Like, I think of back to like a lot of the shows that I did commentary for. And if you ask me like minute details of match or anything else, I don't remember a lot of stuff. 
even I get like a month after a show comes out, like someone will be like, that's a really funny thing you said on commentary. And they'll throw a quote at me on Twitter and I'll be like, I have no memory of saying that at all. So the fact that he can remember so much is really astonishing. Well, and, and certainly I've never done commentary, but things I've done, you know, recording many podcasts. Um, I did uh, radio at one point in my life. But you're absolutely right. You do so much of it. Someone comes to you with something and it's I, I don't remember what I said. Do you know how many hours and hours I've done in between that moment and you mentioning this to me? I can't remember all of that. Yep. yep. And you just you just hope that you do well enough that people enjoy it and you are allowed to do it again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think all of this means that you are well versed in independent wrestling and well-versed in at odds with wrestling shenanigans. I think we need to pick who we think is going to win this year's 2021 gender neutral monarch tournament. I'm going to start. I have my bracket up. That was on the at odds with wrestling Twitter page. I'm going to start in the top left with the first round match of the boar versus Erica Lee. Now I, so go ahead. Now I was to say, so do I? Do I start? Do you start? How do we? As a um, I, I, we can we can just jump in. It doesn't have to be right. a firm thing. All right. Well, you say what you got to say. Okay. I will say, um, I have heard the bore on many thing. I have, you know, message and talked to him briefly, you know, on on Twitter and things. And he is someone I would like to have on the show at some point, and I think will whenever it works out in both of our schedules. So in order to continue my booking for this for this exact show, I think I need to go with the boar. So I've so I've definitely known the boar the longest as a Chikara fan. I remember seeing him in um, Wrestling is Fun, the side sort of project for Chikara in. Oh, I can't remember if it was 2012 or 2013 where he started poking around. Was that as his longer name of the proletariat boar of Moldova? It was. And and this is when there was also like the Estonian Thunderfrog, the Latvian Proud Oak, things mm-hmm. like that. So you had this Soviet bloc characters and then eventually what was, uh, oh gosh, I forget what his group was called. Like the proletariat boar of Moldova, Mr. Azerbaijan. And, oh, no, I'm sorry. They were the block party. And then there was the Baltic siege. So they were all these countries and whatnot. And my understanding was the thinking behind that was all of these countries don't have pro wrestling in them. So if someone were to go online and Google Moldova pro wrestling, proletariat board of Moldova pops up as your first search engine. term. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, uh, but I thought that was actually pretty smart if, if that is the case. But now known as the boar, the more uh, easy to say and remember boar. So I, so I've seen him for a long time. I've seen him uh, turn into the mammoth character uh, character that he is and become one heck of a pro wrestler as that. But I also have had the chance to see Erica Lee near the beginning of her tenure as she is a Virginia native. So I got to see her even pre Erica Lee life at some Nova Pro shows, and she has grown into an incredible uh, wrestler on her own merit. And I actually really like their dynamic as a team. But I have to say for the brackets, this is like two there of the eight matches. There's two that are just tag partners put against each other. 
and there's two where arguably very similar people put together, and that is a uh, I don't know if I want to say lazy, but maybe a lack of creativity in putting some of the the bracket together in that. Um, and I mean, you listen to Dad Odds with Wrestling as I do, and you could tell that I think Joe felt this is a mistake as well, maybe putting Boar and Erica Lee together. I'll be interested to hear what uh what if anything Boar said to Adam about this there, but uh, I also think. I don't know. I, I like the board, but I don't know how I feel about him getting special treatment as the only person who's able to be in the tournament as many times as he can until he wins. Doesn't that seem a little odd to you? No pun intended. Now, I agree with you at first, but um, I'm also not only am I an at odds listener, I also am a five dollar level for the long box series Patreon. As am I. All right. So I recall hearing uh, Joe and Todd debate on what one of the Patreon shows would be in the future and saying that they will keep bringing back the Blair Witch Project as an idea until it gets voted as the idea. So in a way, Joe has set the precedent of keep bringing something back until it wins. Adam is just a, a student learning from the master possibly by bringing in the boar every year that is that is actually a good argument and and i heard them talking about the witch Blair project but did they just decide they were going to do that this year it sounded like maybe they did they were going to but then um yeah it's on it's on after dark um which i listened to i just can't remember if they just said ah oh, we're just the, gonna do it or if it's a voting choice again the director producer whatever i i forget the details um, of the movie that they just watched for six never before seen movies uh-huh. that Joe called and ended up being like a home phone number. Oh, and got a hold of him. So now they're gonna do his movies next year as no a movie project. Way. Yeah, wow, fantastic story. Um, After Dark has it, but it's just the funniest thing because it was oh if you you know it's order merchandise or something like that call this phone number. And he called and got a call back. And it, how did you get this number? Uh, it's on your website, sir. Got small talking, so that's going to be the project for next year. How did I? I feel like I missed part of the story. I, we're way off topic here, but I feel like I have to go <laughs> back and re-listen to that now. Uh, yeah. Okay. So th- I guess you know what I suppose that's a fair point, and there is, and I and I suppose there is some bias because I mean Adam Adam's pretty blatant with his bias at times, and I think the boar's there. Um, and I think, I think we, as people are conditioned sometimes to feel like when somebody is asking you to do something, there's this inclination to do the opposite, a rebellious spirit. And as much as I like the boar, I voted for Erica Lee because of my background with her. And I'm, and I'm, and I can say this because I'm also looking at, as I'm looking at the bracket, I'm looking at what I voted and it seems like as things stand, the boar has an easy next. He's going to make it to the next round. We'll see how that shakes out for him. Maybe this is his year. Um, I would not be upset at all if the boar would uh, would get here, but I but I do feel like I hold something a little bit against him just because he gets special treatment through no fault of his own. Interesting truth. And and I just want to preface. I mean, to to drop the kayfabe for a little bit here myself picking anyone over someone else and 
not to speak for you, but I'm sure you'd agree. It is nothing against whoever we don't pick. I have nothing but respect for anyone who wrestles. And it's nothing against any of them. It's not a personal thing. It's just, you know, the goof. I think everyone knows what we're doing here, but I want to make sure any wrestler that listens does not take offense. No, certainly not. There's nobody on here who I look at and I'm like, I I dislike this person on a personal level. Not at all. No, no. And I honestly, I think uh, at this point, if there was someone like that, I would reach out to Adam myself. hundred percent. I can't agree about this. That said, I I am a little peeved that, uh, you know, I, I'm not part of the, the, the soon to be named network, so I did not get a pick. But Adam did uh, put out a call asking who they think they should be here. And I couldn't remember. If tag teams were ever in this, uh, I think maybe Hawkins and Ryder were a team in the first one, but I didn't remember that. So I said, hey, if teams are allowed, I think 2.0 would be a great option. But if they're not, then I nominate their son, Daniel Garcia, to be in here. And neither of them are represented. So uh, that sticks in my craw a little bit. Ridiculous. I would have agreed 2.0. Maybe maybe next year. Maybe he's holding it. Give them a path through. (laughs) I was here counting on there being one next year, huh? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we thought the show was going to last like two months when it started, and here's the third year of it. Seems so. like it, yeah. <laughs> I think Adam's enjoying the trolling too much. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> All right, second round matchup, we have Hook against Bojack, and my my pick is a little odd, a little um, weighted here, and it's mostly because I picked Boar in the previous round, and I would just love to see Boar throw around Hook. Mm-hmm. So I'm only picking Hook, so he advances, so I can see him against Boar. I, so I'm not a regular AEW watcher, so like I know of Hook as the meme. I don't really know of Hook in general, uh, but I do know BoJack, and I really like BoJack. I, I think he's even done at least one, maybe two Let's Hang Out events, and he had this really great trios match the other week at uh, the IWTV show. To the point where that team got a trios match on Beyond Wrestling this past week. So I went Bojack. I went with the underdog. I knew that was a long shot. Even the polls show that uh, Hook has the very large lead. But I went I went with my man, Bo- Bojack, here. So, so far, you and I are 0-2 on, uh, on similar picks here. And, and I do think some of it, uh, because some of these picks were selected from other podcasts, I think some of their audiences is factoring into the voting as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously you're going to champion your guy, right? Like you're going to want your, your person to win. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense here. And I I know which person you chose, but I can't say, I remember exactly which podcast or what have you made their picks for the rest of the time. Um, I did not do it as an official podcast pick. I did it as a, um, getting in Adam's face virtually <laughs> and saying, uh, excuse me, why didn't I did get a pick? There you go. See, this is what I, I needed to do then. I should have uh, intimidated him. But no, I, I kindly replied to his tweet and it got me nowhere. Lesson learned. Nope, nope. I bullied myself into it. I said, as the three time at odds mania champion, I deserve a pick. I and I think honestly, that is incredibly valid. I, I don't have that sway. So you, you do have that sway. And then uh, it it is possible in my trip a couple weeks ago, I stopped by the importer-exporter business. I did see that photo. Yep, turned out he wasn't there. So, right. You know, it happens. Um, but uh, I got to say that um, my stomach hurt and I, I left something for Adam there. Oh. 
So maybe maybe next time he'll uh, give me a pick right away, and I don't have to ask. <laughs> That's what happens when you're when you go on too many doll safaris. <laughs> you don't you don't you don't show up for work. See, and he may have done it that morning. My uh, understanding is football takes place on Sundays, apparently. And he said, what I what the hell is football? I, I don't know. I think it's called soccer here in the States. Oh. <laughs> that I know of. OK, third round or sorry, third bracket here in the first round. My pick, the mysterious and handsome stranger against mixed martial Archie. I think this is one of two very similar uh, combatants here that we were referencing earlier. And I, I, I kind of think it's a toss up. You chose very wisely. I thought the mysterious and handsome tra- stranger was an excellent pick. I think I think a lot of people when they made their picks are kind of thinking like, who's the, who's a hot commodity in wrestling right now that I'm a fan of, or maybe like a long time fan pick. But if, if this is the at odds with wrestling gender neutral monarch tournament, the mysterious and handsome stranger fits what that podcast is doing right now with their homework. We are they're in the midst of following the journey of the mysterious and handsome stranger. And I like that your pick is not only somebody that I like, but it is actually following along with what's going on the podcast and where this bracket was taking place. So as much as I like Mixed Martial Archie, and it's a lot, I got to see him versus Davey Richards live and in person. Uh, oh, jeez. And that was, a, that was a hoot. If that's on YouTube, I'm going to see if Joe can make that homework whenever we get around to that time period. Um, but for all those re- – I went with the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger. I think he's got a real tough fight against Mixed Martial Archie here, but I thought that was that was the – Maybe my favorite pick of all the podcasts here because of what it represents for the show itself. Um, and for someone who does all the homeworks and stuff, I thought it was a very fitting pick. So well done. And, and I got to say, I mean, obviously I'm picking Mysterious and Handsome Stranger as well. But um, this tournament is for ads, uh, at odds with wrestling, not at odds with MMA. So I, I think we got to go with Stranger. That is maybe the strongest argument you could make. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In the final match on the left-hand side of the brackets here, we have Danhausen versus Matthew Justice. I'm I'm curious. Um, So I I missed the Danhausen train when it first started and got rolling. I've seen you know, plenty now. And I think Joe put it best. I believe it was during an AIW review when he said Dan Housen is a meme wrestler. And I thought, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Like it's all clicking with me a little bit more now, but I'm not picking who I think is the best meme. Who's going to be the best gif on social media here. So, and I have told a previous guest on this podcast who wrestled Matthew Justice that he's freaking scary <laughs> like Matthew Justice scares me so I'm picking him because uh, one I just feel like uh, without a doubt he would beat Dan Housen 10 out of 10 times and should I continue to uh, get wrestlers as guests on this show um, he intimidates me so I'm going to pick Justice <laughs> 
So I like and I appreciate Matt Justice a lot. He's actually somebody that I was like, I don't know who this is when he first came into AIW. And he quickly won myself and many of the other fans over, uh, especially for doing crazy things. He's, I think, on right now at the at the height of his popularity with what he's doing in GCW and AIW and all this other stuff. And I would say, you know, I, I, I would agree with the statement that Dan Housen is a meme wrestler. But what I think really sets him apart is his ability to adapt. I feel like a lot of meme wrestlers, they get stuck in something and they kind of stay that way forever. Because if it works once, it's never going to fail again, right? Or they're just too afraid to try something new, whatever. I don't want to psychoanalyze every one of these wrestlers. But while, while Dan Housen looks the same uh, most of the time as he does, I feel like he has a really good understanding of when it's time to shake things up, when something's run its course. And uh, for that, I really respect him. I respect his sense of humor. Uh, the fact that he was able to get on Conan O'Brien's podcast is mind-blowing. Uh, and the fact that he just loves The Simpsons too like I do is something I really admire. So if this were a wrestling match, I think no doubt Match Justice would probably have Dan Housen's number. But who knows? I mean, Dan Housen has his jar of teeth. Who knows what he could do with that? So uh, as somebody uh, who's who really admires what Dan Housen does, that's the man who gets my pick. Nice. nice. It looks like he's going to maybe advance. That's a much closer match than I expected, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's some of these that I was very surprised by. Um, and and I I tried to assume things for uh other listeners for ad odds with wrestling, but I I've been wrong quite a lot. <laughs> All right, moving over to the right side of the bracket, our first match is Arthur MacArthur versus Abby Jane. Um, I am going with Arthur uh mostly because. His recent work in um, AIW is freshest in my head. Uh, what the heck show was that that we just did? Um, it was the same show they had Thunder Rosa versus uh, Justine Navarro. But uh, uh, one, one step ahead. One step ahead. All right. Arthur was ridiculously good in that match. Like maybe the best I've seen him. And I was just so impressed. I thought it, I thought he had the win for damn sure. I couldn't believe that people have. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves, especially after seeing that match. I was just blown away by it. And I do also enjoy his calls into Pod Van Dam as well. So I am picking Arthur MacArthur. Um, <clears throat> do you are you familiar with Willow Nightingale? Yes. Uh, are you like me? And anytime you watch Willow Nightingale, you just can't help but have a big old smile on your face because she's just this fun ball of energy when you see her wrestle. I, I agree. And um, certain wrestlers, if you, their fun is infectious. When I truly yes. believe how much you're enjoying I, it, it brings me right into it too. So that's how I feel about Abby Jane. She's uh-huh. very new, but. But there's something I find incredibly endearing about her, her promos on Twitter. Um, and she also is like someone who was trained by the Wrestle Factory and like just missed getting to properly debut in Jakar when they shut down. Because I, I would see her like I didn't know it was her at the time. But like if you go back and watch, she's like a like an unnamed non-speaking role backstage and stuff. Uh 
And there's something about her that I find very endearing. I really like Arthur MacArthur as a wrestler. There's a show that um, we skipped for homework that there was a tag match. It was Chuck Stone, Arthur MacArthur versus um, Wes Barkley and Josh Bishop that ruled. And these are guys who I remember seeing at the start. And it was like, oh, it's very obvious that they're new and still kind of figuring it out. And now that they've really figured it out, they are a, a force to be reckoned with in a tag team. I really enjoy seeing every time. But there's a difference between watching a wrestler and enjoying their matches and someone who you who just makes you feel good every single time you see them. And I got to chase that good feeling and vote for Abby Jane. Wow. We I did not expect us to be completely split on this. Almost well, completely split. Yeah, I say we have we have one at least we agree on. Yeah. <laughs> that's what makes it fun. You know, we don't want to agree on everything. That's not good. Audio. Oh, true. No, no, no. Then that's boring show. All right. Next round match aforementioned. Jocelyn, Jocelyn Navarro versus God, I can never get this right. Kaya McKenna. Kaya McKenna. I always want to say Kaya. I can, I know what's wrong, and then I get all tripped up. Um, as I've been watching more and more of Forty Acres, and it doesn't help. Like I mentioned before, I am a ridiculous Thunder Rosa mark lately. So the amount I've seen of Navarro lately, like. Jeez, for as for as new as she is to wrestling, doing phenomenal. And absolutely, like when I talk wrestling with some of my friends and we're talking about indie wrestlers and who's going to be on shows and, you know, who we're noticing and all, she is a huge one that I tell people, keep your eyes on her. Like something's going to break and soon for her. Like, I'm absolutely sure of it. So I am picking Jocelyn Navarro. So Kaya McKenna is somebody who I met. Because she <laughs> did a couple Flying V shows. She's from the Baltimore area, but I don't think she was wrestling at the time. I think she was still training to wrestle. And I think she ended up doing some stuff with the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy out in Iowa. And now she's still in the, the, the beginning stages of her wrestling career. But you see her on a lot of shows because she's somebody who will drive from Maryland to Indiana or Florida or whatever, just to be ring crew, just to get an opportunity. And I know a lot of people find that including myself and to be an incredibly admirable quality. And it's gotten her to a lot of places such as beyond wrestling and, and even, uh, I think a couple GCW, some JCW shows, things like that. So she's gotten pretty far for her relatively young career. And she's had some really uh, big chances. Like I know she gets to face Alicia Edwards at beyond wrestling in a week or so, but Jocelyn Navarro is somebody who came out of nowhere and I instantly fell in love with her and, and it just felt like 40 acres when it was the, the trio of AJ Gray, PB smooth and Trey Lamar was awesome. And somewhere along the lines, I don't, I don't know what happened, but AJ Gray kind of fell out of the equation. It was PB smooth and Trey Lamar. And while they were a really good tag team, it felt like something was missing. And I feel like Jocelyn was that missing puzzle piece. I didn't know needed to be there. And then I see her wrestle, whether it's by herself or with PB Smooth, and she is just a badass, and she's awesome. And that – that uh, if – you know, Joe talks about the AIW podcast, The Card Subject to Change, <clears throat> and, I, and I love the story that they tell how Thunder Rosa apparently knew her from years ago and wasn't, you know, like thrilled to necessarily be wrestling her. And then she wrestled her again at the AIW show and was like, whoa, you, are, you have improved so much and couldn't say enough great things about her. So to hear that is 
so endearing and she's a lot of fun on Twitter too. And she's somebody who I'm so excited to continue to watch and see where she is in the next few years. So we do agree here, Kevin, I ended up voting for Jocelyn Navarro, despite my personal connection to Kaya McKenna. And it looks like you and I are going to be uh, happy with the outcome of that one. Awesome. I, I was not sure when you started there. I, I thought for sure it was going to be another split decision. I I took you for that ride on purpose. Ah, damn it. <laughs> All right, next match features Hollow Wicked versus Frightmare. Um, this is the second one of similar, um, not, not even similar wrestlers. I don't want to say that. A similar fan base maybe we could go with or split in the vote. Um, I really wasn't sure. And I ended up just going with Hollow Wicked solely because I've seen him more than Frightmare. And I mean, how it's we, close. It, I I don't. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Are you no, gonna say, say how? how? How could you? No, how could you not go with Hallow Wicked? I mean, this guy is such an unbelievable wrestler. I mean, Frightmare is literally like in in, in kayfabe, like created from Hallow Wicked. Like they share one mind kind of thing. And Frightmare is great, but Hallow Wicked is just a special kind of wrestler. Has been more or less since day one. People can and will continue to call him the most underrated wrestler on the scene. But I, but as Bryce Remsburg often says, if we keep saying he's underrated, eventually that's not going to be true. Um, and, you know, Joe may have, Joe was talking about the summer of Wicked, and I really think he thrived. It, he was somebody who wisely took a lot of the pandemic off, but he came back uh, and has really crushed it since. Like we knew he would. Um, I don't like this matchup. I think Frightmare and Hallow Wicked was an uninspired matchup uh i think there's plenty of other people who could have faced hallow wicked here uh like a daniel garcia perhaps and it would have been a more interesting matchup per se i don't know what inspired adam to pick frightmare i love frightmare so i'm not upset by the choice but i think putting them together in the first round is um i don't know that uh, doesn't sit well with me i think that's this is in the vote show this this to me is the easiest first round. Hallow Wicked's going to walk all over Frightmare, and so far that's the case. And that's and that's unfortunate for Frightmare, but that just goes to show how beloved Hallow Wicked is. It, it would have been good to put them at different ends in the tournament to work towards a match in a later round if you're going to have them face off. Um, but Hallow Wicked is one of those ones for everything I've seen. I just keep thinking how did no one grab him up and and maybe someone did and maybe he didn't want to. And I, I certainly don't know, you know, uh, you know, the inside baseball for wrestlers or wrestling for things, but I'm just like, he's so damn talented. I'm just shocked that, you know, um, was on a bigger stage. Well, you know, tending to Nas Muldoon is a full-time job in and of itself. <laughs> and in our last match for the first round of the tournament we have unbreakable andy versus joshua bishop and again homework coming into play here for me i've just flat out seen far more of joshua bishop been very impressed with him very curious to see how his career progresses because young dude doing this well already can only go up higher. And so I am picking Joshua Bishop for my final pick in round one. 
Yeah, there's really not a ton to say here. I haven't I've I knew of Andy Unbreakable Andy from like a couple matches he had in like CCW in 2010 and it, they were great matches, but seems to be local to Pennsylvania. So while I think that was like a, a hometown hero kind of pick. I think oh, a, a big long shot in this tournament. Um, I think Josh Bishop is fantastic. Anybody who's the second coming of, of Sid is going to get my vote. And um, I mean, the great thing I think about Joshua Bishop is he really exemplifies part of how I think a wrestling school should be done. And AIW has a school where they don't just produce people to be ring crew or to be people to 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 lose a bunch or you're going to be our our trainee kids for years and years and years. And maybe maybe we'll cut you a break down the line. These are guys that AW produces and they become their main eventers. They become their staples. They become the bulk of their show. And I think Joshua Bishop, somebody who became the very first person in AIW's you know, 15, 16 year history to hold all of their titles at once. They didn't give them all to Matt Cardona. They didn't give them all to somebody, <laughs> some other flavor of the month indie person. They gave it to one of their students. And it's because he works his ass off and he deserves it. Uh, I also learned that he apparently eats Little Caesars every day for gains. And I think that's a pretty sweet life. Oh, God, I couldn't. Jeez. I mean, now that I'm going for gains, I'm going for losses right now. But Little Caesars would not have been my pick. <laughs> Something about that is. Um, uh, and I say this to somebody who uh, likes Little Caesars. Maybe it's not my best interest and I don't eat it very often. But for somebody to eat it every day, willingly admit that he eats it every day and look as good as he does, you got to respect it. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't look that. I mean, I feel awful after one. You know, and no. then I don't want it again for a few months. <laughs> yeah, th- this is this is not something you were glad you eat when you were finished with it. No, no, it sounds it sounds good for a moment. You're like, I haven't had that in a while. And then five minutes later, said, that's why I haven't had it in a while. <laughs> yep, totally. So with round one over. Kevin, um, I'm going to have you, if you remember. Go through your bracket for who you think will win, because I'm, I'm kind of curious if we. End up getting to the same ending at all. All right. Well, I don't think we can. We, we might get a couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we do. But I mean, our matchups are going to be wildly different. So, OK. So on the left side of the bracket, my um, my quarterfinals would be Erica Lee versus Bojack and the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger versus Danhausen. I would expect Erica Lee to beat Bojack. And sorry, my friend, but I think Danhausen would defeat the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger. And then I would also expect Dan Housen to beat Erica Lee in the semifinals, making Dan Housen the finalist for the left side of the bracket. Uh, over on the right side, I have Abby Jane and Jocelyn Navarro. I would have Jocelyn uh, defeat Abby Jane. And truthfully, I think she'd beat Arthur MacArthur anyways. Uh, Hallow Wicked and Josh Bishop would be tough. I can really see the Pod Van Dam guys pushing that Joshua Bishop pull real hard. But I'm going to go with my heart and still say Hallowicked would be defeat him. And then it would be down to Hallowicked and Jocelyn Navarro. See you, Jocelyn. That brings us to Hallowicked and Danhausen in our finals. And uh, boy, would that be a, a great match in real life. So I'm going to stay to my finals. I'm going to let you run to your finals, too, and see if we can uh, how, how close we get here. All right. Um, and I, I will say, despite uh, what I said about Dan Housen earlier, I agree with you, and I would pay to see that match. So I, I like your finals here. 
All right. So for my quarter and semifinals here, is that right? Yeah. Um, again, I said I just want to watch the board beat up hook. So board advances. Um, I I gotta agree. I think um, Matthew Justice would beat Mysterious and Handsome Stranger, no matter who is booking it. Matthew Justice against Boar is tough. That is a tough one to figure out. So I am, even though it is not on here, but Adam has added things to brackets before, I'm throwing in the intangible known as Bill Alfonso and giving Matthew Justice the win over Boar. On the other side... I think Arthur MacArthur and Jocelyn Navarro would be a hell of a match. I think people would be going nuts for it. I think people booked a certain way would say, oh, there's no way she's going to win, but watch her fight, look at her fight, and then I'd give her the win just to mess with everyone. Hollow Wicked and Joshua Bishop. I think a thing that we're... Uh, an intangible again for this side of the bracket is how wicked would know how to do certain things there. He's not going to be afraid to take it to the crowd or, or use doors from any country really, because I think he has the potential to be devious as well. So I'm picking how wicked over Joshua Bishop. I then think the, Nice story of Jocelyn Navarro getting further than people expected ends here. So I end up with Hollowick against Matthew Justice in my finals. All right, so we share a finalist, and I'll just say that Joe Sposter said Hollowick is the guy to beat. If you beat Hollowick, you win the thing. And I tend to agree with him because I don't think anyone is going to beat him. I think Hollowick is your 2021 uh, gender-neutral monarch tournament winner. I wasn't planning this. This was not talked about before the show or anything. We weren't DMing. I'm picking Hollow Wicked as well. There you go. I think between its skills, experience, um, and it's nothing against anyone else in this at all. But Hollow Wicked's very much a, the type of wrestler that has forgotten moves, more moves than other people know. And he would just bring something out of nowhere and surprise whoever the opponent is to get that three. Yeah, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue facts. I, I would say, taking a brief sweep of this, I would I believe he's the most uh, veteran competitor in the entire tournament. I the only person I raise an eyebrow at is Matthew Justice. It's possible that he started around the same time. I can't be certain, but aside from him. I think Hallowicket has a pretty large experience advantage over everybody else in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, uh, only because he is mysterious and handsome, we don't know if the stranger was possibly somewhere else. Boy, you you know what? You, you got me there. You got me there. He's he's I, And you know what? Honestly, I think his strengths are, one, he's very mysterious. And two, boy, is he handsome. Oh. 
So it is interesting, though, that, you know, from where we started this, I did not expect us both to come down to Isle of Wicked here. And I can't argue any of your picks. Um, I stand by my own. And I will be very curious now as this tournament continues, because I absolutely think the way that the polls are looking right now for his first round match, I, I think that we might have a very good prediction here for how this is going to play out. And what's what's really fun about the whole tournament in general is you can vote however you want. You can just look at these polls and say, I'm going to vote who, who, who I like most. You can do what we kind of did in your head, kind of think, all right, if this were a matchup that were actually to take place, what do I think would happen? Or what would I even like to see happen? And that's how you vote. Or you can just be uh, somebody who wants to troll somebody or whatever else, whatever your prerogative may be. There's a lot of ways you can vote in this tournament, but all that's important, like many things, uh, many of uh, polls in life, is to just vote in the first place. That's true. You know, I mean, you you can't complain about who won if you didn't vote yourself. Yeah, that's right. So I, I definitely encourage people to to go to the Odds Wrestling uh, Twitter. That's Odds Wrestling on Twitter. That actually is great that it's the at symbol and then Odds Wrestling. I never even put that together. Um, till just now I was today years old as <laughs> uh, the major wrestling figure podcast would say. Uh, so that's great. But yeah, I, I'm, I, I've, I voted every single tournament so far and I'm going to keep doing so, uh, with this year, especially now that I have on, uh, on a recording, my picks and all that stuff, I got to at least see it through. Right. Uh, you know, that's the thing. I, I've kind of predict my Thursdays. Now I usually release my show. I usually end up DMing with Joe and or Adam through the day. And then depending on when the new episode is released, it is either the last thing I listen to Thursday or the first thing I listen to Friday morning. <laughs> Same. Yeah, that's exactly when it's it's been later usually. So it's usually been my Friday morning to drop my dog off at daycare in the morning listening. Yeah. Or or occasionally Adam will say, hey, you should stay up and listen. <laughs> ah, see, I, I'm not in like that. I don't get those. I don't get those notices. Yeah, sometimes I think he's just messing with me, and I don't know why. I would never do anything to mess with him, so I really never, certainly not record a podcast for that purpose anyway. Ridiculous. So, Kevin, I just want to say that your wrestling knowledge and background and experiences and who you've seen is really coming forward a lot here. Um, I know for myself, I, I have, I don't even know how many apps, I don't even know how many things I'm paying for. Plus anything I, you know, can get my hands on, but it's tough to watch all of wrestling, but there's so much good wrestling now and it's never been easier to watch indie wrestling with, uh, you know, all sorts of different streaming services going on stuff. I would never have been able to go to on my own. That's not, you know, that's days away drive or taking a flight, you know, I'd never be able to get to it, but now I'm seeing all of these people becoming big fans of them supporting them when they are at shows nearby me. But you've mentioned quite a few just for listeners who really want to experience more indie wrestling. Maybe, I don't know, just for example, maybe they're upset over what's going on in the biggest promotion in the world. And they're like, gee, I really need something that's not this. Do you have any suggestions for companies that people should get into or talent that no matter what companies, uh, what show that they're on, you should watch it just because this person is on that as well. So, you know, what's interesting about that is I kind, I kind of would, when, when people ask me questions like this, 
I think one of a really great way to, to treat indie wrestling is to kind of treat it like I did when I got into comics, which is to say I had a proclivity for the Fantastic Four because of the cartoon. Uh, same thing with like X-Men, Spider-Man, things like that. And so when I go to the comic store, it was, OK, I know these characters, so these are the books I'm going to buy. And then if I liked a book, I would start paying attention to who the author was, and then I would begin following the author into other books and so, and so on. And from there, I would discover more comics, more authors I really liked, and that would get me into, you know, hey, say, like a, a Matt Fraction writing Fantastic Four. Now I'm going to go read his Hawkeye. Now I'm going to go read Sex Criminals. And now I discover what image is, and, and you go from there. I would say <clears throat> if you want to – do a trial or spend a little money on something like I would say independent wrestling TV probably has the best catalog. Uh, I know through the at odds website, that's the one to go to say there's somebody in WWE or AEW or someone you really enjoy. Um, somebody you want to see more of find a show of theirs with them on it and watch it. And maybe you'll find somebody else you like, or maybe it's something about the company itself really sticks with you. And then maybe go find another show of theirs you like. And from there, you'll 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 find another wrestler that you like and you may discover a new company because of that if you keep digging and digging. So that would be my recommendation is because you're at least going to know there's a wrestler out there you like, whether it's somebody like a Daniel Garcia, a Wheeler Yuta, somebody like that who's current. Or maybe you're a big fan of Cesaro and want to go see what Claudio Castagnoli was all about. You can go check out his Chikara archive or even stuff he did in CZW and whatnot on IWTV. Um so that would kind of be my recommendation. I know that's a little uh, – that isn't exactly a company or a recent thing to talk about, but that I think is the – is is a way to sort of discover stuff kind of on your own and know that even if whatever you watched isn't for you, you're at least going to see somebody you like and at least hopefully that one match was worth your time. Oh, I absolutely agree, and as a comic person as well – I know that that was what got me deeper and deeper into comics. I grabbed a random Spider-Man because you're a kid. You know, everyone knows who Spider-Man is. So I grabbed a random Spider-Man comic. And then, well, that was good. And here's this other character guest starring. And they have their own book. Okay, well, I enjoyed that character. And here's, you know, a big advertisement and a, you know, bullpen bulletins about this new title coming. Well, that sounds interesting, too. And it just one after another. And it got worse and worse until there's a whole room full of them. (laughs) But wrestling the same i you know started watching for certain people and then wanted to watch a whole card and saw more people that i enjoyed on the card more names that are now becoming more and more familiar and oh geez that person's at my local indie down the road i'm gonna go now i'm there and discover a whole new group of talent that i never knew of before and just learn more and more even as much as it's as much as I understand certain people's complaints about it, I will say the annual Pro Wrestling Illustrated issues, top 500 uh, wrestlers, top 100 tag, top, now top 150 women, is very helpful to just get familiar with some of the names out there, too. And you might just see something of had an extensive feud with this other wrestler. And you'll think, oh, I like that one. If they had a good feud, I bet you that was fun. Let me discover that wrestler stuff as well. And you're right. IWTV is just indispensable. That's I'll put that on as my background channel. Like how um, older retired people have the weather channel in the background all day long. I'll have IWTV in the background all day long. (laughs) Yeah. And it's such a great resource for myself because like, 
Um, even, you know, obviously it's great for me to have someone like I have the Chikara library at my fingertips as much as I want. I keep up with AIW and beyond wrestling. So I'm watching their streams all the time on there, but also as somebody who at the time, like I was spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on DVDs. And so I could, and, and just for that and time purposes, I could only keep up with so much, but now there's stuff on here. They have full libraries of that. I just never got a chance to go watch at that time. And now it's all there for me to, to discover or rediscover and uh, stuff that I missed at the time. And it's, I'm really excited about that. And even if you don't have IWTV, I mean, YouTube, so many companies now are putting up full matches and there's just tons to explore. So that's a really great starting point, too. And if you find a company on there you dig, then you can go see what service they're on, sign up, watch some shows. Uh, that's it's it's never been easier to get into indie wrestling at a time. And I think that is so great. I there's a lot of times I tell myself that I am so glad. I did not have things like the WWE Network or IWTV when I was in college. I would have been so screwed if I did. Oh, I mean, just what I could get with Raw and SmackDown and, you know, TNA, depending on what channel they were on at the time, I still lost a lot of time. If I had access to all this, too, nope, I would have been done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, time time is really just the, the thing that you're you're working with here, so um, – you know, there's there's just so much out there to discover. I mean, there's there's endless amounts of wrestling uh, today, yesterday, whatever. There's so much great stuff to discover. You can never watch it all, but you can at least try. And that and then there's part of it that's kind of fun because it just means that you're never going to run out of really great stuff to discover. No, and and this as a side note, and we're certainly not going to get into it, but it does give me ideas for articles or episodes in the future here. You mentioned going to college. There's stuff of, well, here's the books you should have read at college. Here's the classic books here or even, you know, discussing things with other students there. Here's the movies everyone should watch in their lifetime, stuff like that. No one's really doing that for wrestling for the most part, especially independent wrestling. But the collective we for fans kind of should. Like if you're, you know, here's a hundred matches to see before you die, something like that. There's so much out there. Like you said, even if wrestling shut down today and there was never a second of new material, we would never get through what's already there ever. <laughs> mm, I've so during the pandemic, something I did in, um, you see at odds, uh, anytime and they, in their show notes, they have playlists to like, here's free wrestling matches and stuff. I started compiling a lot of the free matches that ring of honor has on their YouTube channel. Cause that, I mean, talk about some amazing matches and a lot of people who are now in WWE and AEW there's, there's tons of that stuff on YouTube and it's, we're getting close to 500 free matches alone from just one company on that playlist. So uh, I, and, and, and I say that to say one, there's so much free stuff on there on YouTube, but you know, someone actually approached me years ago to be like, I think something doing like a 100 Chikara matches to see before you die would be a fun project. And I think that's how it would have to be done. Like doing like indie right. wrestling at large is such a huge. Then you get into like these philosophical questions like, well, what is an indie wrestling company? Uh, things like that. So I think breaking it up like, you know, top 100 matches from PWG or, you know, Evolve or whatever else like AIW. Th- those would be the ways that I would I would uh, think of doing it. But. Even then, like now we're just talking, that's hundreds and hundreds of matches to to go through. But you're right. Like, I think I think that's sort of there's so much of like indie wrestling and stuff that was that makes it impenetrable 
And that was a really big problem I found with Chikara was just even if people were interested, trying to find a starting point with something so dense was really tough. So that's why I kind of because I loved it so much, I took it upon myself to sort of demystify it and try to write articles and stuff kind of explaining what's going on. So so it gave it, it made it more accessible. It made it a little less scary to to, to dip your toe into that pool. And I and that's one of the things I wanted to try to do with with pro wrestling ponderings and just it kind of turned into something else, which is fine. And I actually think it's really great what it's doing now. But that's a lot of stuff that I myself would like to see more of. And I think if you look at places like Fan Fight and what have you, they're they're doing a lot of really good stuff uh, about that now. So um, it's it's great to see that there's so many fans out there either doing podcasts or articles or um, I'm really into some people who do YouTube essays now about indie wrestling. Um, something I probably would have done myself if this came around and I was 10 years younger. Uh, but yeah, it's it's great to see that there's so many fans out there who uh, in a in a very interesting, compelling and not at all like insincere or gatekeeping truck kind of way are breaking down and exposing people to indie wrestling. So, um, yeah, I think there is a lot more on that front that can be done to sort of help to get people to enter that world. All right. And one last one before I let you go for the evening, something mentioned earlier, but if you're still going on any sort of semi-regular basis, what are you picking up at comic stores lately? Ooh, yeah. I try to go and at least pick up stuff, even if I'm really behind. Uh, I know that Todd and Joe lamented falling behind on Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, that's the one book that I really made sure to keep up with because I really like Nick Spencer and I really like that book. Uh, sad to see his run end, but, you know, nothing like that lasts forever. Um, so that's something I just recently stopped. But I did start picking up um, – uh, Sinister War, which I think just ended too, because he was on that as well. Um, Fantastic Four is like the one book I'll pick up no matter who's writing it. Uh, but I really like, uh, why, uh, why can't I remember his name? Who's writing Fantastic Four right now? Oh, geez, it's changing too. I'm getting is confused. It? I believe so, because of, um, if I remember in previews. Oh, yeah, okay. It was a uh, because oh, John Romita Jr. is going to draw again. Oh, that's great. Dan Slott. That's who I was thinking. of. There we go. Um, God, I can't think. Yeah. And I think John Romita maybe did art on a recent book, maybe the 60th anniversary one. Yeah, uh, it's supposed to be his his official return to Marvel is supposed to be Fantastic Four, if I recall the preview solicit correctly. Right. OK. So I was picking up. Uh, and like, I'll, I'll pick up stuff like, you know, the Dr. Doom 10 issue series that was out from that. Um, Captain America, uh, the Tanasi Coates run I've, I've been reading really like him, uh, firepower. That's been the one independent comic, uh, that I've been reading from what's, what's his name? Walking dead guy, Robert Kirkman. That's the one that uh, initial, I think it's like a zero trade technically, but that initial trade for firepower, holy cow, you thought you knew where it's going all along and couldn't have been more wrong. Not at all. Yeah, that's when I'm really happy that I that I decided to pick up and go with. Um, I I may be in the minority of this, but I, I am a Jonathan Hickman fan. I did like his X-Men and I'm continuing on with uh, Gary Duggan in the new X-Men run. Or is he a Dugan? I thought it was Dugan. OK, maybe it is. So, Gary I mean, Duggan. Um, 
and then I follow a lot of what Chip Zdarsky does, including uh, his current Daredevil run, which is great. Like he's somebody who I discovered because he did the art for Sex Criminals, and who knew he's also a fantastic writer. Um, so that's all the stuff I think on my current pull list for now. Oh, and I uh, speaking of him, I just I think the last issue of Justice League Last Ride just dropped, so I was picking up that as well. But as you can tell, I'm I'm a pretty big Marvel guy. Um. Just to get you to waste more money, I have one suggestion because my, my list is getting crazy. I actually need I narrowed it down for December, but then the new previews comes out this week. So I'm going to have to do my January order. Jeez. But January is usually slow, thankfully. Um, There is a graphic novel called The Comic Book History of Pro Wrestling. Ooh, OK. It is written by Aubrey Sitterson. OK, I know exactly the book you're talking about. Um, OK. Yeah, actually, uh, I discovered this is this is the craziest thing. So through another comic book podcast I listened to. Sorry, Joe, I know I'm cheating on you. They (laughs) they opened my eyes to a comic book shop in Winchester, which is about 90 minutes west of where I live. And I follow them because they put out a a great video every week that kind of tells you, like, hey, here's everything that's coming out. Um, So if there's something I kind of missed or was off my radar, I can be like, oh, great. It's good to know that's coming out this week or, you know, things happen. And I discovered that one of the people who works at that store was an independent wrestler who wrestled for like CCW in those places. Uh, and he was no, just weird. on the interspecies wrestling show this past week. So I was like, oh, kind of like mind blown kind of stuff. Like what a small world. No. Um, so that was really cool. Um, and something. So I, I, I have not read the book. you were. So this all comes down to like that guy always was promoting Aubrey Sitterson stuff. He actually reckon, uh, was going to send me a copy of Beef Bros, one of his books that just came out, too. I, so. Yeah, I missed that one, but I think there's a Kickstarter for a sequel I'm debating uh, hopping on. He just had another one drop, too. Something about weed. I can't remember exactly what it was. He – that doesn't shock me. He's very um creative. Yes. <laughs> but the, the other one, if you end up getting the – comic book guide to pro wrestling and enjoying that he has one that i love that i keep recommending to people called no one left to fight and the second volume just started first volumes in trade right now like six issues second volume just started it's kind of dragon ball z with the serial numbers scratched off but go ahead i say i'm listening i'm interested okay so uh, it's, do you have a, a base familiarization with Dragon Ball then? Like very base, very okay. base level. Um, So his character, his, his Goku analog, um, pretty much has defeated everyone. So he's just like, I got nothing left to do. My whole life has been fighting. So he and some of his friends, some of which used to be enemies, but became friends. Uh, pretty much do a road trip and they're seeing everyone from their adventures one last time and stuff comes out and people's buried feelings come out and some secrets come out and everything and you're just like holy crap because knowing what the analogs are too helps but you don't even have to know that because you're seeing someone whose whole life was fighting now having an empty life because as the title says, there's no one left to fight. What do I do with my life now that my whole purpose is gone? So it's fascinating. 
And this and this seems like an ongoing if I'm looking at like the Amazon listings correctly. He, he did the first volume and when it ended in the in the graphic novel, he said, Well, that's the end of the story. If anyone wants to write more, I have more ideas. I'm like, You gotta be kidding me. Why would no one write more? Uh that was from Dark Horse. Issue number one of volume two just came out within the last couple weeks, also from Dark Horse. So that's gonna probably go six issues as well, and then we'll see where it goes from there. That makes sense because I see on Amazon they are, they already have listed the trade paperback coming out in late June of 2022. Yeah. So issue one just dropped. That checks out. Yeah, but it, I I was just in awe of it. I'm like, you took a world I'm familiar with, dumped it on its head, did your own thing, and I'm still wrapped up in it <laughs> just the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I actually am – I think it may have already come out, but I'll go back and get it if I missed it, but – the New Day comic that's coming out was written by Austin Walker, who I was a huge fan of because he was part of Giant Bomb, the video game website. And now I believe he he's like a chief editor or something over at Vice Games, um, which used to be called Waypoint. Uh, and he's just like so, – so when we're talking about like wrestling articles and stuff and like that sort of like high-level wrestling things, like he did that with video games and was just like such an incredible writer. So for him – to write a story with the new day is so compelling to me. So I don't typically pick up like, you know, comics of television properties, even if I like them, sometimes I'll make an exception if it's written by somebody who like actually wrote the show. Um, Like for example, I was a big Buffy, the vampire slayer fan. So, you know, not taking into consideration any recent stuff with him, but like when Joss Whedon was writing those books, I would pick those up because, well, he's the guy who kind of ran the show. But then when they got into like the, the, angel spinoffs and stuff that weren't written by him i was like ah whatever same thing with like a stranger things book if that was actually written by the duffer brothers maybe i'd consider it uh but anyways for somebody who is a huge wrestling fan like austin walker and a great writer and uh also is an african-american male that book really is something i want to check out so all that in the realm of wrestling comic books you've uh you've definitely really sold me hard in these aubrey citizen books so i will uh, i will probably check them out I try. Like you said, for I think we both feel the same for indie wrestling. We both feel the same for comics. It's stuff we love. It's stuff that we know a, a lot of people in our lives, the, your, your normals, quote unquote, do not understand it. I am more than willing at any time to help educate people on it, to give them something to enjoy and try to bring another fan into the world. Well, and again, you talk about impenetrable. There's some of those numbers on comics that are just a big, whoa, I am I am done with this. So, like, obviously, we as comic readers kind of bemoan or roll our eyes when there's a number, another, like, restart or something like that. But there is a part of me that understands it as well. I think that's why the legacy numbering is kind of a good compromise. There is, and I enjoy legacy numbering as well. And I, I kind of had a revelation at one point, and I used this for people. I said – you need to know the 101 stripped down basic of the character and then just tell a good story from that. That's all you need to know. So for for your common people that aren't in the comic world yet, I say Sherlock Holmes. As long as it's a very smart detective who solves mystery and Moriarty or sorry, and Watson is his partner and Moriarty's his bad guy, go. It doesn't matter if it's the Bendit Cumberbatch or the Robert Downey Jr. or the elementary show or a cartoon, or whatever. As long as that basic is there, nothing else matters. So as long as Bruce Wayne's parents die, and Batman fights crime, and he uses all of his money, it doesn't matter where you are in the story other than that. Like, just get this six issues, get this trade, enjoy that story. As long as our basic line here 
always stays true. That's all you need to know to get in and enjoy a story. Well, and that I think that works for wrestling, too. It's why I think I could take you could you could take a friend, you could take a significant other, you could take a child, you could take a grandparent to a show. You just need to know that's the good guy. That's the bad guy. And everything else you really don't need to know. You can boil it down to its bare necessities. And that's really all you need to understand uh, when watching the wrestling match. And if you get into it more, that's a nice little bonus. But really, when you're at a live show, that's what that's all you really need as the fundamentals to start with. So so I, I find a similarity with that as well. You're, you're absolutely right. Back when I was younger and dating, I took various girls I dated to wrestling shows. Some enjoyed it more than others. <laughs> Some understood it. Some left the show and sat in their car and waited until I was done. Yeah. Uh, as somebody whose fiance's favorite wrestlers are Pete Dunn, uh, Officer Magnum, and the Swamp Monster, I completely understand. <laughs> Yeah, word to the wise, not the uh, for anyone listening, a good date for someone you're trying to get into wrestling is probably not CZW. Dude, that story was so funny when I heard you tell that <laughs> on the. I think it was a podcast with Sposto you shared that with. I think so, yeah. God, that was so good. I was like, this is what an insane date to take somebody on. Oh, the funny thing is, we're on camera getting there a little late, and uh, I think you can see her leave, too. <laughs> Do you want to hear how I accidentally went to four CZW shows in a row? In a row? In a, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Joe covered it on an IW uh, TV guide, though, so check out that episode. Had to be there, right? I was Wait, also go, really... back, go back. You were muted for a second. Oh, sorry, I was. <clears throat> yep. Okay, so November of 2011, is doing High Noon, their very first iPay-Per-View. Uh, I really wish that was show homework, but I know Joe talked about an IWTV guide, so check out that episode. At that time, I was also really into Dragon Gate, the Japanese wrestling promotion, and the Dragon Gate USA promotion was going on at the same time, and they were doing a show the night before. Uh, so I went to both of those shows, and wouldn't you know it, CCW did a show with DGUSA that same day. So went to the DGUSA show, which was the, the afternoon show, then went to CCW in the evening, got loaded, and my friend got so loaded that he purchased raffle tickets, and he won. So not only did he win a bunch of cash, but he also won tickets to Cage of Death that next month. So, of course, we had to go to that, and it also just so happened on the day of Cage of Death in December – they were running an afternoon show that had like some big Japan freedoms, like those kind of guys. So we went to that. So that's show number three. Then the next month was when they announced that the ECW arena was closing for good. And there was an evolved CCW header that day. Uh, I had befriended Matthew from Botchamania about a year before, and he was going to be in town again. So I drove him to that because we both wanted to be there for the closing of the ECW arena, making the fourth uh, CCW show that I attended in a row. So, intended to go to one by happenstance like all right we're here we may as well and that turned into three more shows in a row afterwards <laughs> it happens yeah it it yeah that that is obviously a very relatable situation that happens all the time oh yeah to everyone yeah. but i mean like i where i am there's not a ton of shows it it's building up again there's more and more 
but there's not a ton of shows. But believe me, if I lived in an area where I could go to a show every weekend, I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. No, not at all. I mean, that was I mean, if you lived close to the East W Arena, you were seeing pretty much something new on a weekly basis, um, which I think ultimately a lot of wrestlers felt was a negative thing. Cause you just had people stumbling there who didn't know what the heck was going on or weren't really invested in the shows. And there's oversaturation, this, that, and the other. But it's also one of those things where you take it for granted until it's not there anymore. Yeah. When we had um, 2CW running upstate New York, loved it. But then there were shows like, ah, I don't know if I'm into going to this show this month. Ah, I'm not really sure about the card. And now that it's gone, Oh, I miss it. I wish I went to those shows. Yeah, absolutely. Which, do you do you know Mike Campbell by chance? He he used to go to all those two CW shows and he wrote for 411 Mania. I do not know him. Um, it is entirely possible if I saw a picture because there are certain people because uh, they just had their reunion show as well. Uh-huh, right. There, there are certain people I'm like, I have no clue who this person is, but I know I've seen them at like the last 20 shows too. Though. Right. So he was huge in indie wrestling and he he was from that area, and so he'd go to every show. And I, I want to say he was maybe friends with one of the promoters or something, but he knew I was really in Chikara, so he would send me, like, oh, we just had Delirious and Hallowicked here versus, like, the Kings of Wrestling, or there's this Cheech and Cloudy match with Jig versus Jigsaw and Delirious. And he would send me, like, DVDs, like, burned copies of those DVDs of those matches. So I've seen some two CW matches here and there, but I don't think I've ever seen a show start to finish. And it, I, I don't know that they're on any streaming service, are they? They're not, which drives me insane. And I've, uh, how do I word this? I don't have a direct line to the promoter, but I have an indirect, you I know, understand. Yep. Um, I'll word it that way. Uh, but I'm thinking just archive it, do something, sell it if you want. Like there are people that there are some amazing matches on there that people would love. And I have some of the DVDs as well. And I'll even go to thrift stores in the area of New York because a lot of people bought those DVDs and then just, you know, dump them later. And I've found those DVDs in like, you know, used electronic stores and stuff like that as well. Right. But, they're probably like a buck because they don't have, you, you know, barcodes or anything on them. So right. Like, they don't know what to sell these for. Exactly. They don't have a clue what it is, but I know and I'm thrilled to find it. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of their stuff is on SmartMark Video, so maybe, hopefully, someday it'll end up on there. Yeah, and and the most recent the reunion shows are on YouTube. They said that they will keep those on YouTube indefinitely. That's good. Uh, I want I I looked this up because I thought it was 2CW, but I do love they they will forever hold a special place in my heart for their show title from July of 2015. We booked the show because it was literally the only <laughs> available date for the Young Bucks. Yep. How how awesome and honest is that for a show title? Well, they had uh, the Young Bucks did a promo um, for the reunion show. And it was, oh, hey, they're wondering if we're available this date. But no, sorry, we're working, we're working this small indie show and that shows them outside of the arena, whatever arena the AEW pay-per-view was in that night. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just got like a small indie show going on. Sorry, we can't make it. <laughs> That's, and, that's, and, that's just good plain fun is what that is. Right. I certainly understand others' opinions of the Young Bucks. Totally get it. Totally understand. 
for me as not in the business to just see funny stuff like that i enjoy it <laughs> they were they were really good to tease, to to cw for guys in the in their stature in independent wrestling for sure if nothing else yeah and there's so I, many matches like even if they just put together like best subs or something for iwtv that people wouldn't believe happened there like only in two cw kind of matches with like pretty big names like i think like the motor city machine guns versus the american wolves happened there and only yep. there yep um that should be they, available for anybody to watch at any time is all i'm saying they did a girls grand prix like an all-women's tournament too um i remember because i got to know so many people there i was just hanging out after the show visiting with people and for about a good half an hour or so we all hung out with nigel mcginnis while he did card tricks did he come to 2cw for like one of his final matches or yes making that up? okay Yep. Okay. Yeah, he's just hanging out, doing card tricks, being cool with everyone. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, that that was just Nigel McGuinness for a little bit. He was way into his uh, his magic. He might still be, for all I know. Yeah, they they had one show and they're like, okay, we're gonna have people uh, doing some autographs before the show starts. So if you want to walk down that hall to the left is autographs with Sonny, and to the right are autographs with AJ Styles. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta right. be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> I will be in both lines. Thank you. <laughs> and, and that's and that's such that's like, man, I always tell my friends this when they go to indie wrestling is like, talk to these guys, get your photos, get your autographs, do those things, because you never know they, the next month they might be in AEW or they might be under a WWE contract or a Ring of Honor contract. And you missed it. You missed your chance to meet them and get something signed for them when they were when they were still cutting their teeth. And that's the fun part is when. You're watching All Out or something, and you look at your friend and you say, I remember watching MJF when he was wrestling in some bingo hall or, you know, armory or something like that. And you feel good about it because you remember that guy when he was in the, his, his salad days of wrestling. And that, that to me, is like one of the best parts about independent wrestling is watching the guys grow. Yeah, I have so many memories of just talking to some of the guys hanging out and all. I did one um, for my YouTube page uh, at a show in my current town. I just hung out with Colin Delaney for like 10, 15 minutes, asking him some questions, you know, and he, he didn't have to do that or anything. I just messaged him. He's like, yeah, sure. Come to the show. I'm more than willing to do that. Um, the reunion show. I really don't want to say um, how much I spent uh, on both Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez, <laughs> but they, they had really good eight by tens. And it was, <laughs> Why Autograph and photo. Why those two, Kevin? Uh, I can't imagine why. Yeah. Can't imagine. And then I saw how much money I spent, and I was like, I'm sorry, Rachel Ellering. I have already spent way more than I planned on here. Ah, uh, she's so nice too. I know. I was gonna get it w- one with her too, but then I'm like, I already am over budget. <laughs> well, at least you, at least you, uh, you did something which uh, a lot of fans or just people in general don't do, and that is budget. So. Well, I, I hadn't budgeted for the previous month. I had to stop somewhere. <laughs> I, I may have made some mistakes. <laughs> That's okay. We all make mistakes. Tune into yeah. weekly purchases every week. <laughs> oh, my God. I get a kick out of that segment so much. All right, Kevin. I am very glad for this talk. I actually, like, I I don't want this to be our only one. I think for, I don't know a topic yet or anything, but I think in the future we got to do this again. Yeah, I think we can make some work out. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I very much enjoyed hearing your thoughts and opinions on things. 
Uh, if people want to know any more of your thoughts or opinions, is there anywhere they could find you online? I suppose they could follow me on Twitter at KFord13. I don't tweet a lot. I'll reply and like to some things, but I really try to keep my Twitter relatively light. And I try not to bog down people with a lot of tweets unless it's maybe plugging a review I did or retweeting something I really enjoyed. So I, I try to keep it. I try to keep it to a minimum. Um, so, but yeah, I, I welcome people tweeting at me or DMing me or whatever else. I, I love to chat wrestling, love to chat comics, love to just chat about life and whatever else. So, uh, give me a follow there. And when I have, uh, stuff I write or whatever, I'll pop it on there and you can, uh, follow it all that way in one concise place. I was saying, do you want to plug anywhere that you write for or, or just the Twitter? Well, the only thing that I write for now is I have my own little website that I've been I've posted my like I've, I've had reviews on PW Ponderings and 41 Mania, and I've always housed them at uh, Kevin dash dot com. Uh, but lately I've been just starting to do all my reviews there. So I review Ring of Honor's television show every week. I also do their pay-per-views and their Honor Club exclusive shows. And I also started following New Japan Strong which is the U.S. arm of New Japan. They have a weekly show out that has been really, really good. It's something I started following earlier this year, and I said I'm just going to go back and review every episode and eventually get caught up and uh, start doing that weekly. So there at least is two weekly reviews as I catch up there um, for both those shows, and that's something that everyone's talking about AEW or WWE or, or you know if it's indie wrestling, it's usually GCW or wherever else. Ring of Honor still putting out stuff, and it's usually really good. New Japan is doing their thing, and their U.S. arm does not get the love and attention it deserves. So that's the stuff that I've really been focusing on and really enjoying. Uh, and they only have hour-long shows each week, so that makes it a lot easy to digest. But if you don't have the time to watch them, I review all their stuff for you, and that's at kevin-ford.com. Yeah, and uh, let me just say, just looking at this here, um, it's a WordPress site, right? Is yeah, it yes, it WordPress? Is. Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah. I haven't seen this template. This is a nice looking setup here. I'm a huge fan of the gallery view. Just seeing the match graphic of like what the main event is. You can click and then you can review what's going on there. Yeah, I was I was really happy to find that. Yeah, that's nice. I can't steal it because you would know. Yeah, but that's really nice. Yeah, but nobody else would. So <laughs> ah, true, true. <laughs> Don't tempt me. That's a really nice looking site there. All right. I will have links to that in here as well. Okay, Kevin, I'm going to let you go for the evening, but I thank you so much. And if Kevin Ford brought you here and you haven't heard my voice before, my name on here, my my work name, is Kevin Hellions. I write over at MassLibrary.com. This podcast is hosted through the Retro Network, which I do post for as well. And then I also have another uh, every other week podcast called The Pop Culture Pub, where myself and my friend Chris Lockhart just discuss various things in pop culture history or modern day and give unique perspectives as I'm usually the only American on the show. <laughs>